Welcome to Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer. I'm Father Ron Shipley, President of the Anglican Internet Church. This new series is part of the AIC's continuing celebration of its second decade on the web. These Podcast Homilies for Morning Prayer are based upon the appointed reading in the list of Psalms and Lessons for the Christian Year on prayer books, pages X to XLI, primarily the first pairing, which always includes a gospel reading as the second lesson. The second or third pairings of psalms and lessons are used only where necessary to avoid repeated reading of the same psalm within the series. These homilies include a reading and commentary on the appointed psalm and then summary commentary on the first and second lessons. For those listeners who are not familiar with Anglican liturgies, the text of the Psalter in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer is derived from Miles Coverdale's Great Bible of 1539 and not the King James Version. This is because, by the time the King James Version was published in 1611, using a new translation Based upon the Hebrew Masoretic text, the Coverdale translation was so well accepted among the English people who had by then heard it read in services for over 70 years that the prayer book's editors retained the Coverdale text for the Psalter only and substituted the King James translation for all other scripture. Podcast listeners are encouraged to visit Uh, Father Ron's blog on our website, on which I have posted for this podcast an illuminated page from Psalm 36 in the Stuttgart Psalter, which was produced at Paris around 820 AD. Please note that there is a difference in numbering between St. Jerome's Vulgate Bible and the version used since the 1549 Book of Common Prayer. In the Vulgate version, based on Jerome's 4th century translation, Psalm 8 and Psalm 9 are a single psalm, which makes all the psalms from Psalm 10 to 150 off by one number. Psalm 36 and Psalm 138 in today's readings in the Book of Common Prayer are Psalm 35 and Psalm 137. Coverdale provided a helpful transition between the two systems by including for each psalm the psalm's opening words in Latin, and these still appear in the 1928 Book of Common Prayer. For more on the Easter season, see the AIC seasonal video series Easter from Resurrection to Ascension, including the history, origin, and meaning of the name and its place on the church calendar. That series is presented in three episodes, each of which is linked from the digital library page with podcast versions linked from the podcast archive page. The psalm reading for third Sunday after Easter is Psalm 36, verses 5 through 12. Psalm 36 is attributed to David. Its first words in the full version in the Vulgate Latin are dixit injustice. Thy mercy, O Lord, reacheth unto the heavens, and thy faithfulness into the clouds. Thy righteousness standeth like the strong mountains. 
Thy judgments are like the great deep. Thou, Lord, shalt save both man and beast. How excellent is thy mercy, O God! And the children of men shall put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. They shall be satisfied with the plenteousness of thy house, and thou shalt give them drink of thy pleasures as out of a river. For with thee is the well of life, and in thy light we shall see light. O continue forth thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness unto them that are true of heart. O let not the foot of pride come against me, and let not the hand of the ungodly cast me down. There are the fallen, all that work wickedness, they are cast down and shall not be able to stand. There are major differences between the Eastern and Western Church interpretations and uses of Psalm 36. Both were influenced by the imagery in the Gospel of John in John 1, verses 4, 5, and 9. In the Western Church, Psalm 36 expresses with vivid clarity the difference between the behaviors of the godly-slash-righteous and the ungodly-slash-wicked, the two-ways identification found in Psalm 1, verse 1. The differences are clear in verse 1, not used in this reading and remain clear throughout today's section from the second half of the psalm. In verses 6 and 7, the wicked have no fear of the Lord, and the righteous, quote, standeth like the strong mountains, unquote, and, quote, put their trust under the shadow of thy wings. The Eastern Church uses verses 9 to 10 as a doxology. For, thee, for with thee is the well of life, and in thy light we shall see light. O continue forth thy loving kindness unto them that know thee, and thy righteousness unto them that are true of heart. That Eastern understanding is theologically consistent with the Anglican interpretation of the season of Advent as the coming of the light into our darkness. In verse 7, the psalmist returns to the familiar theme of the merciful nature of God. He speaks of the excellent, quote, mercy of God. At the end of the verse, the, quote, children of men, whether interpreted as all mankind or just young children, are welcome in, quote, the shadow of thy wings. This may be a reference to the Old Testament description of the many-eyed, many-winged cherubim who guarded the mercy seat in the tabernacle in Exodus 25, verses 17 to 22, and in Psalm 91, verses 10 and 11. The image of the protector of the faithful under the wings of the Lord also appears in the New Testament in Jesus' metaphorical reference to his desire to gather Jerusalem as a hen gathers her brood under her wings. That's mentioned in Matthew 23, verse 37, and Luke 13, verse 34. The modern understanding of the meaning of, quote, fear, as in dread, has distorted Christian understanding of the Old Testament use of the phrase, fear of the Lord. The scriptural use of fear begins with God's advice to Abram to, quote, fear not, unquote, that God was his shield in Genesis 15, 1. 
In Proverbs 1, 7, the faithful are told that, quote, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, unquote. Here, fear is meant to convey a special sense of reverence toward the Creator and acknowledgement of His awesome power and superiority. Ecclesiasticus 2, verses 17 to 18, contains a list of the positive actions that one who fears God will do, concluding in verse 18, quote, We will fall into the hands of the Lord and not into the hands of men, for as his majesty is, so is his mercy. Similarly, the modern meaning of mercy in verse 5 has distorted our view of its theological meaning, which is based on the Hebrew understanding. Mercy is a covenantal relationship with God, which the Almighty, in his loving kindness, has granted to mankind his children. Have mercy, O Lord, unquote, means a prayer for a continuance of that covenant relationship and not a plea for mercy in the modern sense. Many of the same themes are found in Psalm 136, known as the, quote, many mercies psalm in the Eastern tradition. Psalm 136 begins with praise and thanksgiving to the gracious God of all gods and Lord of all lords, then moves on to thank him for each of his specific mercies toward the Israelites, creation in verses 4 to 9, deliverance from bondage in Egypt in verses 10 to 15, and victory over enemies in the promised land in verses 17 to 25, and closes with additional praises and thanksgiving in verses 26 and 27. Each of the 27 verses includes the refrain, for his mercy endureth forever. Psalm 36 ends with expressions of hope that God's loving kindness, that is, his mercies, will continue, quote, unto them that know thee, in verse 10a. Psalm 36, verses 7 to 10, are used in the fifth antiphon in Anglican Vespers. And you'll find the full text of the Vespers office on pages 114 to 120 in the AIC bookstore publication, Hear Us, O Lord, Daily Prayers for the Laity. Psalm 138 is the second psalm read on third Sunday after Easter, and it is a short eight-verse psalm attributed to David. Its first words in Vulgate Latin are confitibor tibi. I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, with my whole heart. Even before the gods I will I sing praise unto thee. I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name because of thy loving kindness and truth. For thou hast magnified thy name and thy word above all things. When I called upon me, thou heardest me and endoest my soul with much strength. All the kings of the earth shall praise thee, O Lord, for they have heard the words of thy mouth. Yea, they shall sing of the ways of the Lord, that great is the glory of the Lord. For though the Lord be high, yet hath he respect unto the lowly. As for the proud, he beholdeth them from afar off. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, yet shalt thou refresh me. Thou shalt stretch forth thy hand upon the furiousness of mine enemies, 
and thy right hand shall save me. The Lord shall make good his loving kindness toward me. Yea, thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Despise not then the works of thine own hands. Psalm 138 is a prophetic psalm which is fulfilled in the Incarnation when the kings of the earth, mentioned in verse 4, sent gifts to the Holy Child, an event celebrated during Epiphany season. Verse 6 is echoed in the Magnificat in Luke 1, verse 48. The New King James text and the Greek Septuagint translate verse 1b differently, substituting a reference to the presence of angels for the phrases, quote, before the gods, unquote. The SAAS, which is a 2008 new translation of the Septuagint, also uses the reference to angels. The Jerusalem Bible, which reflect Roman Catholic interpretations, notes that some translations use idols or kings or judges in place of gods. The phrase glory to the Lord in verse 5 comes from the Hebrew word Shekinah, in the Old Testament, the pillars of fire, lightnings, and thunder are manifestations of the presence of God, also called his energy or energies, and in the Western Church, the glory of God. In Christian art, the glory of the Lord is often depicted as a blue aura surrounding the images of either the Blessed Virgin or Jesus Christ. The right hand in verse 7b refers to the belief that the right hand of God is the honored position. Learn more about several key words and themes from scripture and church readings, which I've mentioned in this podcast in the AIC bookstore publication, Layman's Lexicon, especially the, the entries for angels, archangels, cherubim, cloud, pillar of, creation, energy or energies of God, fear of the Lord, glory, guardian angel, light, magnificat, mercy slash merciful, mercy seat and right hand of God, righteous and righteousness, septuagint, ungodly, and finally, vulgate. For a listing of every use of Psalm 36 and Psalm 138, see the entry for each psalm in the prayer book Psalter, History, Text, and Commentary, which also includes an introduction explaining the different classes of psalms and at the back of the book, a glossary. The first lesson for third Sunday after Easter is 2 Samuel 12, verses 15b to 23, describing the death of the child of King David and Bathsheba when she was the wife of Uriah. The second lesson is John 14, 1-14, which includes Jesus' announcement of his going away to the Father, his instruction to Thomas on its meaning, and his homily to Philip on the prayer concerning prayer in his name. The scene in the second lesson is discussed and illustrated in chapter 14 in our bookstore publication, The Gospel of John, Annotated and Illustrated. The closing prayer is the collect for third Sunday after Easter, which was adapted by Archbishop Cranmer for the 1549 Book of Common Prayer based upon the Leonine Sacramentary of the 4th and 5th centuries. Almighty God, who showest to them that are in error the light of thy truth, to the intent that they may return to the way of righteousness, 
Grant unto all those who are admitted to the fellowship of Christ's religion that they may avoid those things that are contrary to their profession and follow all such things as are agreeable to the same. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Until next time, may the Lord bless and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be merciful to you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Glory be to God for all things. Amen. This program has been a presentation of the Anglican Internet Church. We invite you to visit our website and make use of its resources at www.anglicaninternetchurch.net.